0: code Your curiosity quest starts here. Welcome back, everyone, to the Q-Code Podcast. Danny, Travis, and Allen here. Minus one Trav today. But uh, he is on a plane actually heading to Utah right now as we speak. In fact, should be landing here in about seven minutes. So. What?
1: So you're saying that he's leaving the state that initially had the big run up in COVID to make sure he made it to the state that's now having the big run up in COVID? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. just can't get enough of that coronavirus. <clears throat> as my kids like to say in the uh, Carol Baskin tone. So I was like, that
2: coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> I know someone who just. I know someone who, whenever he talks about it, he just calls it the rona. The, the rona. The
1: rona. Doesn't okay. Trav, don't you call it the rona sometimes? No, I don't think I've ever called it the rona. Uh, I feel like so, you have on multiple. No, I. I'm like, Trav, what do you think of all this coronavirus?
0: And you're like, the Rona? No, I don't. I don't, think, I don't know if I've ever said that. Um, I also don't think it would be something that I'd be embarrassed to admit if I did say it. <laughs> it's like, Whoa! I would never
3: say that!
0: But uh, welcome in, everybody, um, to another episode. Uh, we are are heading in to a new um series of episodes that we will take on. Uh, the last series that we did was uh the conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theories. Um this time we are going into uh something we're calling real versus real and that is you know real R-E-E-L for movies versus R-E-A-L for reality. So um, we're taking a, some of, uh, some of the biopic or biopic movies, however you want to say it, um, that we all know and, and love, but, uh, um, and then just kind of giving you an idea. Cause sometimes like you watch these movies and, you know, they say based on a true story. And so you sit there and wonder what actually is based on a true story. Cause that is a very loose term or.
1: See, I, guess, I always just took it as like law. Like it's pretty much the things. real thing. It's like a documentary just with actors.
0: Yeah. So all it has to do is have maybe a few things that actually happened and then movie and then, you know, movie magic can happen and they can do whatever they want.
2: They take uh, artistic uh, liberties.
0: Exactly. And so what we're doing in this series is bringing you the information that you may want to know what actually did happen. What was just movie magic? What, uh, what did they spice up and, and all that jazz. So that's what we are doing today. Uh, Alan is going to start us off with, uh, uh, I'm assuming Apollo 13. That's what I've planned for. <laughs> so, got my buddies back here. I got some three of my favorite uh, actors. actors. Tom Hanks. Bacon. Ke- oh gosh, it's backwards for me. Tom Hanks. Kevin Bacon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like your finger's just going up their nose.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: like
2: Ace Ventura. And then
0: I know I just said that he's well, he's not one of my favorite actors, but I can't point at him. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a great actor. (laughs) May he rest in peace. I can't remember his name at the moment. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, wasn't so he one that you would bring back
0: or something like that
1: uh, on our episode? I was, about I celebrities.
0: I was I was pretty sad when he died because he just like he's never the lead dude, but he's always in good films.
1: Yeah, I mean Twister is probably the one that sticks out the most.
0: I, I guess. Know. Yeah, that is his lead film. That is like yeah. his
1: <laughs> one film. But. <laughs> but he's good in that. Like that was a good movie.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: he's always just a supporting actor most of the time
0: yeah, really? huh. yeah. but that's fine he, he made a career out of it and he was great at it but anyway so we're going to be talking about that however to start us off we have a quick question um which is what is your favorite tom hanks movie and why mine's real simple i'm not really going to go into it because i've talked about it agnosium on some of the other episodes if you listen to it but it's it's uh, saving private ryan favorite film of all time. I could have never guessed that, Trav. Nope, you couldn't guess it. But it also has a great supporting cast. Freaking Vin Diesel. What? Uh,
2: (laughs) Giovanni Ribisi.
0: Giovanni Ribisi? (laughs) Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt... (laughs) Matt Ryan, really? Atlanta <laughs> quarterback the Atlanta Quarterback. For the Atlanta quarterback? What's his name? Oh, Matt Damon. Matt,
1: Matt Damon. <laughs> That's the guy,
2: Matt Damon. <laughs> I've been too much football stuff lately. Whoever yeah. that guy is that says we are gonna find him and we are gonna get him the hell out of there.
0: <laughs> Great movie. Great lines. It's just great all around. But that's mine. Enough said.
2: Who's the well, guy? Done. The guy. Ow, the, he's like um, in Saving Private Ryan. He has. He's like the. He's like Puerto Rican, or he, he kind oh, of no, has a little bit Jewish. of an accent. He's just
0: The oh. guy that was in Friends.
2: Yeah. He played yeah. like that crazy roommate and Friends. Yeah, yeah no, he's he's Jewish. That's Melish. Mel Jewish. Yeah,
0: that's his, that's. I mean, I don't know his real name. Uh, actually, I do. He's
1: non-committal. He's he like likes the name Mel, but he didn't want to commit, so he's <laughs> Mellish.
2: But no, uh, he like he That's the ultimate. A of, he's been in a bunch of different things that I've seen, but he's like one of those again, like. He's in a lot of things but you can't really remember. Most of the time he's not even supporting Cass. He's just he's just in the background.
0: <laughs> but yeah, good movie. What about you? Guys, either one.
2: So, I was going to do Saving Private Ryan, but I knew you would probably do that one. So, of course, of course. I called Dan. <laughs> I went with Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is Forrest, so also a hundred percent true story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't remember who I was talking to, but they're like, you know, Forrest Gump, man, that does not hold up in today's world. And I was like, bullcrap. Watch it.
2: <laughs> it's a pretty it's amazing movie.
0: It's a great movie.
2: It's like, a, if I were to describe it somehow, it's like an epic without being an epic. Does that make sense? Just like, like just because
1: he, he goes through so much, like it yeah. goes through a lifetime, basically. So many
2: different parts of history that he's like a part of in the movie.
1: <laughs> it is kind of like an interesting. I don't know how to explain. It. Like, I like the movie *Forrest Gump*, but at the same time, it's depressing in some ways. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't really. he dies. Yeah, like you want him to get like a happy ending so bad but he just he does
2: he does he gets a son he yeah. gets little for us yeah
1: well i know that's i mean that's true and wasn't there like an apple involved like apple computers
0: yeah he like he invested that's where in he goes <laughs> and because <laughs> lieutenant dad put our money in some apple company and he said, we didn't have to worry about money no more. <laughs> and I said, well, that's good.
2: <laughs> uh, part of the reason, of the reason okay. I chose that, too, is because I think all of us love quoting movies. And that movie just has so many quotes that you can whip out on a daily basis. Case, case in point, what just happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I usually quote the
1: part where he's like, You can get fried shrimp, you can have other kind of shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Shrimp scampy. Whatever they he does he names a lot of shrimps, but I forget. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sounds like you do a really good job at at quoting it.
3: but, that that was an imper-
1: opportune moment to go blank there. I'm like, I know there's more types of shrimp. Popcorn shrimp. <laughs> but yeah, you guys have good uh good movies. They're both solid movies, but definitely not his best. Um his best movie of all time, in my opinion, is Catch Me If You Can. And I just love I love that movie for the fact that I'm like I would never do it because I'm a law-abiding citizen, but if I was ever a criminal, that's the type of criminal I would be. And if I was ever a investigator or detective, I would be like Tom Hanks, like I'd be going after the white-collar crime
0: circuit. Because because that's where it's hurting America right now. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: I don't wanna be involved in like scary gunfights. I just wanna be like, oh, you think you can outsmart me, huh? But I can follow your checks. They're bouncing <laughs> I'm gonna catch you,
0: Mr. Abignail.
1: <laughs> no, I just think it's kind of the premise of I mean, is I mean I love Tom Hanks in that movie. I also really like DiCaprio's um performance as well, as far as like transitioning from Like his how his character grows, which is kind of weird because you would never know his kid. Wasn't his character like supposed to start off like at sixteen? Like speaking of based on true stories, um, I think he was like sixteen when he started. Frank Abagnale. Yeah. People thought he was an adult. He pretended to be a doctor, but I don't know. That was a good movie. That's all. Plus, it's got Christopher Walken in
0: it. I once had a piece of cake. And I hid away for some time. Just kidding, I can't do his voice. You gotta be some you gotta be some kind of special to do his voice. You're coming at me all wrong. You're coming at me. again. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop you with a cowbell. With a thundering of cowbell.
1: Well let's see. Now, My name is Christopher Walkin. <laughs>
0: Not even close. I won't even say that I was even close. You are miles away from me. My name is Christopher Walken.
2: Wait, let me try. I got a fever. You sound like a southern drawl. The only only prescription is more cowbell.
0: <laughs> At first he was like Colonel Sanders. But, well, I'd like to go on a diet because
1: then I get less calories. Does that sound good? Yep. Travis Cole. We're glad we can know
0: your name right now. Did you I'm coming. I'm coming back. Hold on. I think uh, he just
2: flipped from his to another screen. But, so catch me if you can, that's based on a true story, right? You said? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, was so, gonna, so how much
0: what? How how much is it actually based on a true story? I don't know. I've never actually well, read the book, but the there is a book. Existed
1: there yeah. is a book, and I've never read the book, but maybe one of these days I'll get to it. Because I think I, I can't remember if somebody either told me the book was better, which is normal, or if it was worse, which is
0: abnormal. But Well, <laughs> there's, there's not many other options. That. It's either better or it's worse. <laughs> but I
1: mean, if you think about it, Saving Private Ryan was based on a true story. Very
0: loosely, and we talked about that yeah. in another episode. And, so so it was very, very,
2: and then I wanted to make it like if I didn't choose Forrest Gump, it was going to be Captain Phillips, which is also another true story. Oh. And mainly because of like at the end when he's finally rescued and then he like is getting checked out medically and then he starts to just bawl like for some reason, that got me. I started crying when I watched it. It's very emotional and very well acted.
1: If you think about it, I think Tom Hanks has been in quite a few, especially in his late, like second half of his career. It's been a lot of stories based or er, movies based on true stories. Yeah, um, that's because Ron I haven't Howard seen it. Isn't there like? Films? Yeah. Isn't there like a spy, like a spy movie that came out that he was in? I think like so. three or four years ago. Trying yeah. To call. I never ended up seeing it, but people kept saying it was really good and I just never got a the chance. A movie about oh. United
0: States, like, Russia Russia like or prisoners something.
2: Russia. a spy prisoner with Russia or something. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually a good movie. I can't remember its name though right now. But yeah, all good movies. Honestly, you could sit there and watch every single one of them, even before he became a dramatic actor, um, winning freaking Oscars. He was in comedies that were great. He was in Bachelor Party. He was in birds You've got mail. Uh, You've got mail. Well, see, he went from comedies to rom-coms to drama.
2: And so, Oh yeah, big. Big. That was a good movie. Brain.
0: I liked that
1: movie when I was a kid. So,
0: I think we should just do an episode on all Tom Hanks movies, really. But, uh, gotta but speaking moving. of,
1: here's a trivia question for you, just as you transition into our main topic. How many movies has Tom
3: Hanks been an actor in to this point that have been released? 107. I'm going to say 35. 35. Wow, you guys are on opposite ends of the spectrum.
1: So it, I believe, is 59. Really? Kind of surprised me. I was more like with Trav. I thought it would be like 100. But, I mean, 59 is a lot I of
0: money. Well, he, you, he picks very carefully. He's not just yeah. going to go out for that, that paycheck. Although I'm pretty sure Lady Killers was that paycheck. But <laughs> we don't need to talk about that.
1: Well, how. I mean, is I is guess if you think be. about it, like 59 movies is like. Movies a year for 30 years, and I mean, I know he's been around since like the 80s, but it's like a movie and a half a year for his career. It's it's not bad, it's like keeps you in the limelight.
0: Yeah, so anyway, all right, well, let's get to our real versus real episode one Apollo 13. Take it away, Alan Chan.
2: All right, so. The first thing I'm going to mention that was not quite accurate as portrayed in Apollo 13 is the now like one of the top 50 most quoted lines from any movie in history. Wait, is that the Houston we have a problem? Yeah, so when Tom Hanks gets on the comm after the oxygen tank explodes and says, Houston, we have a problem, That's not actually how it went down and what was said. Um, So what actually was said is that.
0: Houston, holy shit!
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what was what actually happened was one of the astronauts, not played by Tom Hanks, um, started by saying, "Okay, Houston." But then he was interrupted by the other astronaut, not played by Tom Hanks, who said, who started saying, I believe we've had a problem here. And then the ground control asked the astronauts to repeat what they just said. And then the astronaut Lovell, who was played by Tom Hanks, said, Houston, we've had a problem. Mm. Oh, this is a very you know, crucial VE there. Yeah. So, uh, just to make it more clear for the movie and be like have a more sense of urgency, they just summed it all up to Houston, we have a problem. And uh, well, I guess
1: I mean because one, this movie, I mean Apollo thirteen was nineteen seventy what year it was uh, when
2: it happened it was yeah no apollo
1: 13 because they landed on the moon that was apollo 11 it was 69
2: i think it was 70 yeah 71 something like that okay
1: so whenever i, I mean think. around that time frame but it's just so since that happened then and obviously this movie came out in the 90s um so 95. there's probably yeah there's a decent chunk of people that either like probably don't have never seen the movie or don't fully know the story, but loosely like in 30 seconds, like what's the story that people that you're following. So people understand what you're talking about.
2: Uh, so the story is Apollo 13 was supposed to go and land on the moon. And then these three astronauts were also going to walk on the surface of the moon, just in a different uh, area of the moon uh, the same way that like Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong and that whole crew did on Apollo 11, I think. Um, But when they, on their way to the moon, uh, in the command module, a canister or like some oxygen tank, like had an explosion and um, caused a fire or whatever. So, uh, in the end, they had to all get into the Lunar Module and basically seal off the Lunar Module and use that um, as their like temporary headquarters.
1: Is the Lunar Module the thing that would have
2: landed on the moon, the portion that would have landed on the moon? Yeah, okay. so the Lunar Module detaches from the rest of it. And then two astronauts go down in the lunar module, land on the moon, do their moon walks, like Michael Jackson, and then get back in the lunar module, take back off, and then meet up with uh, um, the space capsule, whatever you call it. The rest of it. Orbiting the moon. Yeah, that's orbiting the moon. They meet back up with that, which has the third astronaut in it and then they all launch back or uh, go back toward earth and then land. Like,
1: so let's uh assume that we were the three astronauts that went up there since there's three of us on this podcast right now in your guys' opinions which one of us would have stayed on the ship and which two of us would have gone down on the and landed on the moon
3: I would have like
1: from just like from personality standpoint like I'd be the guy and
0: I'd be the guy to stay in
1: <laughs> <laughs> so no Mars and no moon for you Hudra
0: I'm not saying I wouldn't go to the moon I'm just saying that I would just be that person they'd be like uh, you know if they're just picking the poor soul or the poor sap out of a lineup of who's going to stay in the ship. It's going to be me. So that's just my luck. And but you would want I, to go I'm on non- the moon if you had that tr- chance. Well, I'm non-confrontational, and so I'd probably be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll do that." Because to me, it just hit me. I'm like, if I would have traveled that far. How many miles is it from the moon to the earth or the earth to the moon?
2: Oh, uh, what? How, How many miles? Yeah. I think it's like an average of 238,000 miles. So
1: you just traveled 238,000 miles and it's like literally right there and it's, it's like if you went to like Chuck E. Cheese or something, but you drove around the earth 11 and a half times to get there,
0: and then you got there into the parking lot, and you're like, I'll wait in the car. I just want everybody out there in the world to know that Danny just compared the moon to Chuck E. Cheese.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not the first person to compare the moon to cheese,
0: so. Chuck E. Cheese? (laughs) That place is a dump. In fact, I'm surprised it's gonna make it through the pandemic. Have you seen the one Mm. in Leighton? They've, yeah is it gonna, gonna make it through paintbrush. They've taken a paintbrush on the side of the building and put two dollar menu <laughs> what I think I think they're uh, they're worried here that nobody's gonna eat their
1: food. Yeah. No, that's definitely not a business plan you want to be involved in right now. Yeah. So, So, anyway. But anyway, yeah, so, okay, got it. So, I think we got the main story. So, this group went up, tried to be another group that landed on the moon, but obviously something went wrong and that's what you're describing. And that's kind of what the movie in general
2: is about. Yeah. Maybe you have to use the lunar module as a lifeboat to take refuge in. Which... Causes issues because they the lunar module wasn't made to house three astronauts for four days because it was supposed to just go down to the moon surface and then um, and then um, come back up and dock with. Then the they sh- would come back talking. up, whatever, which yeah, and just with two people instead of three. Not for four days, so the CO2 scrubbers on the lunar module weren't made to uh, filter out CO2 from the atmosphere for four days. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So they had to find a work. I'll get to that part later, though. Uh, so the next thing that was not accurate, is that they treated the dark side of the moon and the far side of the moon as if they were the same thing. So... They're not. uh, What? They're not. No. So... When... So there's like a period when in the movie where they go behind the moon, and then there's... They're in blackout communication with NASA, because no signal can get through the moon at the do you know, we didn't have like satellites to bounce it off of out in lunar orbit or whatever so when you go behind the moon until you come back out and are back in line in eyesight or line of sight with the earth you're in a communication blackout but in the movie when they go behind the moon and lose communication they simultaneously go into the moon's shadow and it's all of a sudden dark, which is not accurate. Um, The far side of the moon just refers to the side of the moon that we never see because the moon is tidally locked with the Earth. So if the Earth is this and the moon's this, then we always see the same exact side of the moon as it orbits around us. Um. That I so, knew, but so that's the far side of the moon? So the far side of the moon is the side that we never see due to it's the moon's rotation period being exactly the same as its orbital period around it. Gotcha. Earth. Gotcha. So the at certain, side, certain times, like when it's
1: a new moon, then the far side would actually be illuminated and we just can't see it.
2: Yeah, so on a new moon, the far side is completely in daylight. It's not dark and we just yeah we don't see it when it's full moon the far side is actually completely dark and the far side and dark side match up perfectly but couldn't, couldn't that have been the case when they were up there no because when they went it was about it was is I don't know if it was first quarter or third or last quarter third quarter but the moon was about halfway illuminated okay. from earth so, it would have been making a 90-degree angle. So, like, if you have the sun's up right here, I'm doing this, like, flat, if you're above it. So, if the sun's here, the Earth is here, then the moon would have been here at, like, a 90-degree angle. Because then to us, only half the moon is lit up, but half of it is in dark. Does that make sense? Yes. So... Yeah, so if they wanted to be accurate, then they would have either entered the shadow before blackout or communication blackout, and then the blackout would have happened. Or if the moon was over here on this side of Earth, then it would have been the opposite they would have entered the blackout and then later entered the shadow of the moon.
1: I think the fact that that took, I mean, you did a really good job of explaining it. It's nothing to do with the way you explained it, but the fact that it took like two or three minutes to explain it is probably why they didn't put it in the movie.
3: <laughs> <Just 'cause laughs>
1: they didn't know how to fit that in there. Like, wait, I don't understand. Well, the dark side and the far side are actually different things. <laughs> that's probably, I think, like Trav said, that's where movies, like, Take liberties um, yeah. to simplify things for the masses
0: because they're really going to be ads. They're going to be like, who's going to be asking about this? And one guy in the back's like, "There's going to be a kid named Alan Barnes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to know."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, you know, I, I I think I it is. I think it's interesting. Like, I think it's interesting, and I like knowing the facts of how things really work. It's so like to me, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I, I, I like get why Alan's bringing it up because it's it is interesting to know that. But from like a purely like for most just average person going to the movies on a Saturday afternoon, they probably don't care. All they want to do is like, I want to see the explosions, and I want to see like Tom Hanks like trying to call Houston because.
0: <laughs> That's, That's cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> call me, It's like Try and call Houston It'd
2: be cool The way you successful. say it The way you say it, I imagine him just pulling out One of those old school Cordless phones Be like Beep 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 beep. beep. What are you doing? I'm beep. trying to call Houston <laughs>
0: I mean, Danny's in the, in the audience. He's like, this is the best part of the movie. <laughs> He's calling Houston. He's trying to
2: call Houston. <laughs> Houston answers just, hello? This, this is Houston. Houston. Is this Houston? Yeah. What up,
0: dude?
1: What of it? <laughs> and I'd be like, is this Whitney or Alan? Huh? Oh, my God. Whitney Houston or Alan Houston?
3: Who's okay?
1: <laughs> you don't remember Alan Houston, basketball player for the New York Knicks?
0: No. In the 90s? <laughs> no. I don't think anybody does. And I'm sure he, his parents do.
1: But we can move on. That joke was probably rated an 8 out of 10.
3: But. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you're on an inverted scale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Sorry, my fault. I shouldn't have brought up the Houston awesomeness.
2: So, in another part, the astronaut Hayes, which is played by Pil- Bill Paxton, points out. He points out the Sea of Tranquility on the Moon as they're going over it, but. The um, the in the scene, what they actually show isn't the scene of Tranqu- or the scene of, of tranquility. It's the marsh of decay. Oh. So
1: now oh that could have <laughs> been fixed. Yeah, that is kind of a pointless mistake to make, in my opinion, because that takes no extra time.
0: Mm-hmm. Just, That's just lazy writing.
1: Yeah. And I feel like the or sea of lazy tranquility is like film editing the
2: most famous part like landmark of the moon. Like everybody's heard of the Sea of Tranquility. So can you
1: see the Sea of Tranquility on the Moon
2: behind me? Um it's that part that looks very tranquil. Just
3: kidding.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I am just curious. I do not know, know if it was exactly something. what the Sea of Tranquility is on this moon. Oh.
1: So you just spent 30 seconds explaining how everyone knows the Sea of well, Tranquility. Well, no, they heard
2: the Sea of, <laughs> the sea of Tranquility.
1: Alright. Well, because I didn't know where it was either, so I just wanted to see if it's one of these
2: the dark one. spots. Um, so next is so when they're re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, they have to like adjust their uh, trajectory and they make a whole dramatic scene about it because in the movie they explain, Oh, we, our trajectory is off. We're coming into shallow because, um, our mission plans called for us having hundreds of pounds of moon rocks when we came back to re-enter Earth's atmosphere, but we obviously never landed on the moon and so we don't have the extra weight from the moon rocks, which is throwing our trajectory off. That's actually not really what the big deal was and why their trajectory was off. Um, That really didn't make too much of a difference in the end. What actually caused their trajectory to be off was that uh, they had the lunar module still on there, Because they never landed on the moon with the lunar module. Oh, yeah. So when you land on the moon with the lunar module and then you come back, the whole lunar module doesn't come back. It's just the small part of it that like detaches from the top and launches back up. So the whole rest of like with the legs and everything is still there on the moon from Apollo 11.
1: Is that because I mean, there's still gravity on the moon. So they're trying to keep the weight as low as possible. And if they are bringing back samples, they want to be able to keep it lighter so they can get out of the moon's atmosphere
2: and gravitational pull. Yeah, basically like from what you've probably all learned through watching SpaceX, uh, perfect reusing rocket boosters and all that is that for the entire history up until now of our space programs and getting people to space and all that stuff, we just waste pretty much 99% of everything that we use. All the rockets, like all that ever comes back is the tiniest little tip of the rocket that was launched into space. All the rest has been just like thrown in the oceans and left or behind lost in space. space or on the moon. Yeah. Um, and that's all due to... You The less weight you have, the easier it is to do things and move around in space or get off the Earth's surface or the moon's surface.
1: So to an alien species, we really are like just the messy, dirty thing in the, in the universe that just like leaves our trash everywhere. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and we're trying to get better at recycling.
3: <sighs> mm-hmm.
1: What's that saying, Trev? Recycle, reuse, release? (laughs) 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 Like
2: the three R's. Repurpose. Recycle, reduce, reuse. Yeah. (laughs) Like reduce the (laughs) amount of garbage. Release it in the atmosphere? In the, the ocean?
1: Maybe that's the problem that we have as humans. Too many of us are releasing, not reusing, but yeah.
2: Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Al. So anyway, so the lunar module was still on, it's like on the back of the whole space capsule coming back to earth. And apparently it had, it was leaking some water vapor um, that was shooting out behind them. Which was causing a little bit of extra thrust, which caused them to be coming in, I guess, too fast. Which would make you coming, which would make basically it skip a like
0: shallower a rock approach, rock. huh? So it was like skip like a rock over the
2: yeah. So if you come in too shallow because you're coming in too fast, you would like bounce off the top of the atmosphere like a rock skipping over water, which is not good if you're trying to get back to Earth.
1: So in a way, like you need to, and I just, I'm just trying to understand, you need to basically pierce. So it's like being a diver. Like, that's why they dive kind of like hands extended over their heads, right? Like straight down because they're piercing the water when they land as opposed to being like belly flopping. Mm-hmm. Um So the, I mean, do you know what the angle is that the rockets need to enter the atmosphere at typically, or that they typically do? Is it 45 degree angle or is it like even steeper? Is it like an 80
2: degree angle? I have no idea. Okay. Really? I think it all depends. It's just going to depend on your entry speed though, too. That's a lot of it. So the angle's going to change. It's not always constant. Like the Yeah, it's not a constant angle. It all just depends on your, your velocity coming in. So,
1: And then on top of it, when it's coming through, part of the reason is not only does it have to get through the atmosphere, but you can't have it being so broadside that it just burns up because it's having to fight so much more atmospheric pressure all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, what are those things called that they put on them?
2: Uh, the shields? Heat shields? Yeah.
1: What are those made out of?
2: Um, I don't know. Now, like, I'm sure they have, like, different materials you can make them out of, but I think I want to say, like, ceramic tile type things, almost. Okay. Something that's really good. at <laughs> <laughs> is,
0: this, is this a question that's been troubling you for a long time? well I was kind of looking
1: forward to this episode because I was like there's gonna be a lot of questions I need answered I was just,
0: you seem very disappointed in that answer like
1: well no, I no. felt like I thought it was gonna be something more like space stagey and not like well, they put some pottery on the outside
2: you can't just you can't just say like it depends on, they're always, material science is always changing. We find out new stuff. I'm sure they've updated stuff since Apollo 13. I don't know what they use exactly on Apollo 13. I know, I just know, like on the space shuttle. Catch did any you of that happen. trap? <laughs> no, did,
1: I, did I freeze? Something, yeah, something happened. I just caught uh, Apollo
2: 13. So, I'm saying material science has come a long way since Apollo 13. So, I don't know if they're using the exact same materials to for their heat shields or yeah, what they're using. No,
1: it's I, it's it's fine. I guess I just I know like Velcro and Tang were both created by NASA, right? <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's wrong, Trav? Can I not talk? <laughs> part of the conversation. No Velcro. Dang. Those were major things created by NASA. I was just kind of hoping that the uh, the shields that they put on the outside of the, of the pod was a little bit more than just pottery.
2: He's just bringing up Tang because he mentioned Tang in our last episode. <laughs> was it a
1: uh... Dip and Dots also created by NASA? Maybe. It? That's like the freeze-dried technology. Well, yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> so they could have ice cream in space, I think.
2: <laughs> I know that, like, on the International Space Station, for, like, special occasions, sometimes the Russian cosmonauts will trade some of their, like, Russian stew For with American astronauts for their ice cream. Uh,
1: It's not a very fair trade for the Americans. Why not?
0: Maybe it's the greatest stew ever. Yeah. He's like, listen, I will trade you famous Russian stew (laughs) for your disgusting frozen milk.
1: Famous Russian (laughs) stew.
2: Why such little spheres? This is not ice cream, this is bullshit trade. (laughs) You have tiny, you have little ice cream scooper. In <laughs> Russia, we have big frozen bars. <laughs> but um, yeah. your tiny American balls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so what else? Uh, was there anything else? Or because you, I didn't know if you're going chronologically through the movie,
2: or <clears throat> I just lost my voice. Why would I go chronologically?
0: <laughs> so um, like just with the, how the movie went because they're now they're now they've entered the Earth's
2: yeah
1: because you're like they had the problem then they went behind the moon and then
2: this now they're coming back and I was like I'm going in order of how I found just like what I came across on the internet
3: <laughs>
2: so okay what else Sorry. all right the next thing is we'll start hurrying these along no more heat shield questions. <laughs>
3: Okay, Alright, I'll keep my so, questions
2: to a minimum. In the movie during liftoff, the so Saturn V, and I'm assuming it's called the Saturn V. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was just the fifth iteration, but it also has five engines, engine boosters on the bottom. The
1: Saturn the Saturn V is the rocket that they took.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's the name of the rocket. Um, but so it has five engines, meaning like the nozzles on the bottom, the cone nozzle things that you see, each one of those are an engine. So it has one, two, three, four, and then one in the middle. So like the pattern on a five domino that's number five, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Dice. And in the movie on lift. Lyftop- yeah, dice is a better one. <laughs> yes, on dice. Um, Die, dice. That's rude. (laughs) Singular, yes. So the the middle one didn't um, fire, I guess. So they ended up, and I think it's accurate in the movie the way they did it. They just had a burn, like it was a pretty easy fix. They just burned the other four for thirty four seconds longer to make up for that fifth one not uh, firing.
1: So I'm assuming they have more than enough fuel for reasons like that
2: is what they're assuming. Like, Well, I don't think it makes a difference how much fuel you have because you have an entire engine not firing. So you have more fuel from that one, not firing that you can use for the other four to burn longer. Okay. So you need extra fuel for the other ones to burn longer. If the fifth one isn't using any fuel. Got it. Dummy. Sorry. <laughs> makes sense.
1: I, I would still be the one just putting pottery on my space capsule.
3: So,
2: <laughs> and as far as you're just for contingency, putting extra fuel on a rocket, I'm pretty sure that's the opposite of what you would do. Because you're like we mentioned before, you're trying to save the most amount of weight possible. Because every pound you have to put on there in fuel is another pound you have to launch up with, which takes more fuel. That's true. It's counterproductive. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of what's called the rocket equation, which is like, well, yeah, so if it's so hard to get into space or whatever, just, can't you just put more, f- more fuel in the rocket? But then, yeah, it's like... Every time you put more fuel in, you need more fuel to be able to launch that extra fuel. So it's like there comes a point where you could put in a ton of extra fuel, but the extra actual boost you'll get from it is minuscule. So it's a lot of diminishing returns. Yeah, basically. Okay. Good to know. Good. But anyway, so the, the thing that was wrong in the movie that didn't match reality it's a pretty minor thing is um, on their like dashboard you see like the five these five lights that represent each engine and the middle one that wasn't didn't fire or whatever that was malfunctioning it's blinking in the movie going e e e where in real life, it didn't blink. It was just off the other four. were <laughs> And the middle one just wasn't lit up.
0: <laughs> like, I know that these are, like, these are, Apollo
2: 13 did a good job in my <laughs>
1: That's what I was kind of getting
0: at, too. I'm like, these are very small things.
2: Well, I guess when they, the, either Ron Howard, that, is it Ron Howard that,
0: yeah, Ron Howard did the
2: film. Either him or Tom Hanks was asked about it. They were like, yeah, we took some artistic liberties on that because as a viewer, you, we want to draw your attention to the fact that that one didn't fire, and so it draws more attention as the viewer. Because it's banking. Yeah, yeah, banking. Versus just it's not lit up. If that makes sense. So Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: that's, I mean, I think a lot of these make sense. Like, probably the Sea of Tranquility one is one that they could have f- fixed without changing really anything about the movie. Um, but, yeah, so far I agree with Trav. They mm-hmm. seem pretty minute. I mean, literally. It's good, though. I yeah. mean,
0: it's interesting stuff, but it's yeah. good that you have a film that did so it was well. pretty good. That it was historically accurate.
2: Yeah, uh, it is like in some stuff that I read, the actual astronauts and people from NASA, when the movie first came out and they saw it, they were pretty much amazed with how accurate it was. Like all the, the whole, um, command module and like the dashboard of that. And everything was like perfectly accurate the way it was looked. And, um, yeah, for the movie, they basically just made an exact replica. So, cool, perfectly accurate. Um, the next thing, real quick. So, when they, in the movie, I guess it's like some big, what is, how would I say this? They made like a big to-do about, oh, coming up with the idea on the spot Of using the lunar module as their basically, as basically the lifeboat that they can. uh, Yeah, like when the fire happened. Yeah. And they made a big to do about that, being like, oh, just like on the spot, they made that up and like it ended up working out. But really, in real life, they had run tons of simulations and like something similar to what happened on Apollo 13. They actually had run simulations like that before, so it was all basically they already had that contingency plan of getting into the lunar module and then using that. So no
1: one really had to tell them. They just knew that that's what we have to do.
2: Yeah. It wasn't like they invented that on the spot in the heat of the moment. I mean, I think
1: the big scene and... I'm assuming you're gonna get to this so if it's not next you can wait I can wait but is when they have to like my favorite scene is when they have to figure out how to make a contraption I think that helps them breathe um like and they dump out the stuff on the table and they're like we have to figure out how to do this and this is all we got and we got like X amount of
2: time so that's coming up in just a second okay so the next thing is um, in the movie, the flight director who's like back at NASA played by Ed Harris. You guys know Ed Harris? Love Ed Harris. <laughs> so yep. in the movie, he's like one of his famous lines is saying failure is not an option. And he actually never said that. Um, what How he- do they know? Huh? Even your own memory is not that good. Because I don't know, he just remembers never saying it. And he actually remembers, this says, ask Krantz, that's who he was playing, ask Krantz what he actually told flight controllers and he rattles it off without a moment's hesitation a half century later. So apparently he's memorized exactly what he said. Maybe in a moment like that, you know it's going to be like some part of history forever. And so you just like start memorizing everything that's going on so you're like when they make a movie about this i can tell them this is how it should be (laughs) so what did he say what he actually said he didn't say failure is not an option he said i have never lost an american in space sure as hell aren't gonna lose one now this crew is coming home you've got to believe it your team must believe it and we must make it happen Oh, that would have been better. I I
1: agree. (laughs) That's what I was gonna say. That sounds way better
2: than just his
1: failures. Not an option.
2: Yeah. So, like, even when he's asked about it now, if he's at when he's asked, does he wish he had said uh, failure is not an option? Instead, he says, "No, I'm satisfied with what I said." Okay, So now we're getting to what you were talking about, which is the CO2 scrubber fix, which is just like getting this, getting rid of the CO2 that you're obviously breathing out. out. Yeah. So the lunar module, as I was saying before, it wasn't set up or made to handle three people being in it for four days and to be able to scrub that amount of CO2 out of the atmosphere. So they had to come up with a fix of how we're going to deal with all this CO2 um, that it can't uh, handle. So um, what you were asking, did they actually like throw down a bunch of parts down in, at NASA and be like, we got to make this out of this? And that's all we have. And basically... Not really. That's not really actually how it happened. Is that seems like a very crucial piece. So again, kind of similar with them. Not it was they already had a contingency. Yeah, a contingency <clears throat> that they already had like for something similar. So it wasn't a huge problem. Really, it only took them like an hour and a half to come up with the device to fix it because someone had already in a simulation designed it before. And so they basically just had to call up that guy and be like, hey, that one thing that you made, how did you make it exactly again? (laughs) And yeah, they just had to use like a vacuum. I don't think they had voicemail back then. So if he didn't answer his phone yeah I'm sure the dude
0: was glued to the TV dude <laughs> <laughs> He was probably like calling be like, "Hey guys, you think you might, like like need that contraption I made? <laughs> I'll sell it to you real cheap. Just five million u s dollars. <sighs> like, dude, NASA owns you. Everything you create is owned by NASA. whatever <laughs>
1: Oh, I could just see him, though. He's like, oh, I worked really hard. I'm going on vacation. And he's just chilling on a beach somewhere. And they're like,
0: we can't get a hold of yeah, Johnson. He works so hard getting people into space that he's just like, the the day before they leave to actually go in space, he's like, I'm just going to assume everything is A.O.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the guy's name touche <laughs> touche. <Trump. Touché. laughs> so I guess the guy's name was Joe Kerwin that had previously like in a simulation made the device. But so I'll just read this paragraph real quick that that I found that talks about it. So says the solution that they came up with was that they could make a way to use a vacuum cleaner in the command module with some plastic bags that they cut up and tape and tape them to lithium hydroxide cartridges and blow it blow through it with the vacuum cleaner, so that would filter out I guess lithium hydroxide cartridges like collect the CO2 out of the air or something. Um, how do they get
1: new oxygen in? Is that part of this whole process? or New oxygen? Yeah. Because if you're breathing in the oxygen and then you're breathing out
2: CO2, you well, can filter out the oxygen. CO2. Yeah, I don't know if they were short on oxygen <coughs> or if they just had an oxygen. and It was just getting rid of the buildup of CO2. Yeah, I think the
0: oh, okay. oxygen wasn't the problem. It was just the co CO2. CO2.
1: I haven't uh, I need to watch it again. I haven't watched it for like probably a decade plus. And I like that movie. I wanted to get to watch it before we recorded, but just
2: didn't get there. So I guess in real life what happened was someone said, "You remember what we did on that one simulator? Who did that?" And then Uh, after that, it was Joe Kerwin that, I guess, did it. So then, it just says, Joe Kerwin showed up, and we talked about how did you build that bag, and what did you do? And then he told told them. He's like...
0: No. (laughs) I I know. For for, audio (laughs) people, they're like, what? If you're just listening to to the podcast, you don't see it just literally, he's like, you're kind of like, I have an apple, I have a pen, uh, apple pen, I have a bag. <laughs> just stick together. I have a vacuum, uh,
1: vacuum, vacuum bag. bag. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, I mean, obviously, I think the moral of this is like... NASA was pretty prepared for a lot of situations that could could go wrong. And so the fact that they did go wrong, in essence, wasn't necessarily like as big of a surprise as it's portrayed to be in the movie. They were like, oh, well, that sucks, but we have the contingency in place for this.
2: Yeah. So real quick, I'll go through the last couple things. Okay. So I guess in the movie, when they're coming back for re-entry, they like go through this whole to do about like, we got to transfer extra power from the lunar module batteries to the command module so that we can fire up the command module again or something like that. But in real life, the command module wasn't like short on power. It was just, they realized, Oh, since we'd ever used like the lunar module and all that stuff, it still has a little bit of extra juice in its batteries, which, you know, you know, Might as well just use that and top off our command module batteries while we, you know, have it (laughs) just in case. So it wasn't like a huge emergency. It was just like, well, there's some extra we could just might as well transfer it over to the command module. Mm. So then they figured out how to do that and do it. Uh, And then on re-entry on the movie, there's a black, they're in communications blackout again, Um, as they're entering the atmosphere, right? As they're entering the atmosphere, which is to be expected. Um, So I guess the blackout is supposed to be three minutes. And in the movie, uh, the NASA spokesperson tells a reporter, says, blackout lasts three minutes. If they're not back in four, we'll know. Meaning, like, the spacecraft burned up and they're probably dead. (laughs) But in real life, it was actually even more dramatic than that. Um, instead of three minute blackout, it was a, like they were a black communications blackout for six minutes.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Oh. No. So if they weren't back in seven, they'll know
2: in real life. No. Are you joking?
1: Yeah, because then they're probably dead.
2: Well, no. It was in real life. It was even more of a blackout than expected. Yeah.
1: You said in the movie it's three minutes, and in four minutes they'll know. So if it's real life, it's six minutes, and seven minutes they'll know.
2: I think in real life it was still three minutes, four minutes, we'll know. But
0: But they they were gone for six six minutes. Oh, that's that's why it was my crap. So I I got you. Sorry,
2: I'm on the same page now. Or no. <laughs> so I guess in real life, the blackout was supposed to be maybe four and a half minutes because this says blackout was a, a minute and 27 seconds longer than predicted. And it was quoted as being the toughest minute and a half we ever had by Ed Harris. <laughs> Ed Harris, who's the actor? Yeah. The Krantz guy that he was playing said it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) I was like, what? Why did he say it? He just happened to be there like, you should be really good for this movie since you've already lived this once.
2: (laughs) Uh, And so they aren't exactly 100% sure why the blackout lasted that long, but they're pretty sure it had to do with it still having a relatively shallow, a more shallow entry than... It, expected. Yeah, expected. Yeah. Somehow messed with it. Messed with it. Um, and what was... Oh, the last thing is... So in the movie, the first words you hear um, after the blackout, after they're like all waiting in anticipation with the dramatic music, is finally uh, Tom Hanks, the playing uh, astronaut, Jim Lovell, says, Houston, this is Odyssey, it's good to see you again. And then that leads to an eruption of cheers from Mission Control. But in reality, the first message wasn't from Lovell and he didn't say, Houston, this is Odyssey, it's good to see you again. The first thing you hear is astronaut Swigert and all he says is, okay, Joe.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> why who like Joe as in the Joe that made
2: the vacuum cleaner thing I guess so because it says he was speak. or er, okay Joe said swagger speaking to Capcom Joe Kerwin huh yeah
1: like, I, like I've been athletes. in communication with Joe this whole time on this other radio I have
0: <laughs> but, cool Super
2: anticlimactic on that one. So, yes, they did change. Like, one minute. Like, three things that they did get right. So, um, shortly after the explosion, flight director Harris Prance says, Let's work the problem, people. Let's not make things worse by guessing. And that was pretty much verbatim of what was actually said. Uh, the second thing is in the movie when the crew is trying to get the lunar module powered up, Tom Hanks asks Mission Control to double check his arithmetic. And you see Tom Hanks like doing math on this little card, and, and then he's like calling out the numbers back to Houston to double check them. Mm-hmm. And NASA says that that really happened. And in fact, the card that Lovell wrote the numbers on was sold at auction in 2011 for $389,000. Crazy! And the numbers that Tom Hanks... I'll write some numbers for you. (laughs) The numbers that in the movie Tom Hanks is reading are the actual figures that in real life he was writing down. Sweet! And the last thing that was correct is... Let me...
1: While you're looking that up, Al, I just want to point out to all the podcast listeners out there that Alan is extremely bright um, with all of this kind of, especially the space stuff. It's his uh, kit and caboodle, I guess, whatever you call it. Um, but sometimes when he says, I have two more things, he can't count because it's three or four. <laughs>
2: Well, that last thing I was gonna read—it's dumb, anyways. I don't want. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I don't want it. I'm just
3: kidding.
0: <laughs> so, well, that's cool. Honestly, like, like we kind of already talked about. I mean, there's a few things that, obviously, I mean, people when they do movies, they make some. I think some things are right to change, just because it makes it more. I get excited. Yeah. Yeah. To watch in a movie. But when you have a situation like this that was already super dramatic, there's really not a lot that you need to change. So mm-hmm. there's a few things said. Yeah, I'm glad they changed it, the you know, that last thing that was said from, okay, Joe, like that would just be Super, like, well, I think it would be
1: super confusing too to the audience. You were
0: in the Earth's atmosphere for six minutes. (laughs) First thing you say is okay, Joe.
2: (laughs) Well, it just goes to show you, like, in real life, astronauts they're like so well trained to just keep calm under any circumstance and to like keep their heart rate down and just. Think objectively, no matter what. Don't let your emotions get in the way of it. if if in a, like it's an emergency situation. That like it wouldn't surprise me that the first thing they just say is like, "Okay, Joe, <laughs> we We made it. <laughs> you guys can
1: pick me, us man. up sometime if, before this capsule sinks. You really like-
0: don't want to go through the Earth's atmosphere. It is just nothing." But boring. <laughs> not you gonna say
1: like fire and brimstone, but No. <laughs> so boring. boring. Been there, done that.
3: <sighs> no, I
1: agree. Like I agree with both of you guys. It sounds like in essence, the movie's good because the story, the original story's good. Yeah. Uh, there it wasn't a whole lot that they needed to change as far as making it more exciting because the story itself is already exciting. But the thing I do like that they did change for the movie is the suspense of them having to come up with and build that contraption that would take out the CO2. Because to me, yeah. that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is them like, we got to figure this out. And it wouldn't be as climaxed if, it, if every situation that happened, they're just like, it's okay. We got a contingency plan. We already
0: trained for this. <laughs> we got it. It's in the manual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, like, that does make the movie much better to put in those spots. But if there was one thing I would take from real life and put it in the movie, it would be the fact that that one character didn't Ed just Harris. say... Yeah, that said, what did he say? We no mistakes can't be made, or we can't make a mistake. failure is or, not an failure, failure is not an option. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, movie, failure is, not an option.
2: failure is not an option. Yeah, but his real answer that you quoted earlier was much better. In my, I'll opinion. read it one more time. What he actually said instead of failure is not an option. He actually said, "I have never lost an American in space. Sure as hell, aren't gonna lose one now. This crew is coming home." You gotta believe it. Your team must believe it, and we must make it happen.
3: Yeah. Do
2: you think, like,
1: simultaneously, he worked for like various governments around the world, and he's like, "I've lost seventy-three Chinese. I've lost a bunch of Russians, but
0: never an American." (laughs) (laughs) I now
2: think so. (laughs)
0: all right well that's a good note to end on uh good episode guys uh hope you guys uh listening to us enjoyed that i will tell you i really want to go watch apollo 13 now so me too i think we're gonna all want to like regardless of if we oops i kind of disappeared for a second regardless of if we uh (laughs) actually watch them previous to the to the podcast episodes, we're all going to watch the, the movies that uh, that we that we cover and talk about. But um, next week, uh, I believe it's my turn. Is that correct? Yep, that is correct. Do you I know what you're doing? I don't. I have a couple of ideas. There's one that I was thinking about doing, but I don't think I'm going to do it because I'm pretty sure if anybody other than myself has seen it, it's the other Trav. I know definitely you guys have not. And I'd rather talk about something that you guys have seen too. So I'm going to have to go and, and do a little bit of research. Um, what some do you stuff. think? Was Is it Independence Day you were thinking of? Because I've seen that. No. no. <laughs> I w- we'll never do an episode on Independence Day. Which Independence Day? Because that will go three hours or longer. <laughs> so... um but anyway so uh yeah so make sure you tune in next week as we uh cover more real versus real um for my episode and then after that we got me danny and then trav which yeah uh, i think we we already know i think we already
1: know what we're gonna do but we'll keep We'll keep that a little bit in suspense. Maybe mention mine at the end of next episode, and then Trav's at the end of my episode. So
0: yeah. So, but uh, catch us uh, on our social media pages. Just uh, search for CUCO Podcast. You can uh, honestly, you can listen oh. to us pretty much anywhere. Was that an O? You had something? Yeah, I totally forgot. I'll do it right at the end after you get. <laughs> All right. Um, one good thing to know, like that, I've I've noticed that a lot of people, uh, or at least that I've talked to. Uh, choose to listen. I mean, it's like I guess it's great to lo- watch us on uh, YouTube just because you can see our reactions. And apparently, now that we're doing it on YouTube, we forget that people actually listen to it audio-wise. On sure, like, uh,
1: we get the benefit of actually like,
0: seeing the video live. <laughs> um, but I know, like, uh, it's it's really easy to get to if you have Spotify. Just Google <laughs> or just search for the QCO podcast, and it's there. So. Um, you can interact with us on our website, you but we're here to, to, you know, like I said, interact, talk with you guys. If you have any movies that you'd actually really like us to, uh, do a real versus real, um, let us know. Cause we can go an extra episode or two. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. So we'll but, bonus uh, episodes. Exactly. So what do you have to say? Al? What's your last thing?
2: So I was just going to end on there's a video I found of what now, with uh, data collected by the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter that NASA has up um, orbiting the moon right now, they've reconstructed exactly what the Apollo 13 astronauts would have saw seen as they went around the moon. So I was just going to end with just. Trying, two minute video. And if you're listening to this, you're going to have to go to YouTube to watch it. (laughs)
1: Okay. So I guess we're signing out, but enjoy this video and we'll catch you next week.
3: Yeah, Thanks. Can you guys see it? Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: kind of jumpy. Is it supposed to be? No. <laughs> How about this, Alan? We'll link to this video clip in the show notes. Okay. So people can see like what it's
2: supposed to look like. Should we finish out the video? I don't think you need to. 50 seconds
1: left. That's a sea of tranquility.
2: (laughs) Beautiful. Sweet.
3: You would
1: think NASA with all those millions of dollars from the government would have a
2: smoother video. No, what I had to do was I like was playing it off the internet and then trying to like, Screen capture my screen as it played with, like, it's called OBS Studio software. And then it ended up being all jumpy. Oh. But now, all right.
3: Gotcha.